positive feedback loop. Welcome to Positive Feedback Loop. In this podcast, we talk about a variety of things, including culture, technology, history. We try to learn a lot about how we think about these things and how people think in general. So here I am, Stephanie. Luis. This is Ray. And we also have a special guest, Jen Gates. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Today, we thought we'd talk about some interesting topics, such as what is on your bucket list. But first, we wanted to get to know Jen Gates a little better. So, Jen, who are you, really? Um, That's interesting. So, the reason why I was really interested in the bucket list and traveling kind of topics, I've done a lot of that in my life. Um, You know, I've grown up abroad. Bucket list or traveling? Sorry? You've done a lot of bucket list or traveling? (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of traveling on my bucket list, but a lot of other things I want to do on my bucket list. And I've sort of just grown up as this kid who wanted to do a lot of things in life, even as a really young child playing in the playgrounds. I think I had a wild imagination growing up and it's sort of tapered off as I've grown up and I kind of want to get back to that. (laughs) And so just, you know, as we get closer to graduation and being in transition, you know, what's going to happen with all of us next? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? I've just been thinking a lot about what have I not done in life that I still want to do. Absolutely. And you're in the right place to talk about that. Um, Just a couple notes for our listeners, for our international listeners who may not be aware, a bucket list is a list of goals that you or things that you want to accomplish before you die. Generally, they're traveling to places, doing certain things. And we are all students currently, and we are all nearing graduation, which is something that we hadn't actually discussed in the podcast, I don't believe. We're all going to be graduating within a couple months. Yeah. So Sad that's times. that's something that's and coming up. Times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have we have uh, kind of the meta, uh, figurative bucket list are our own for our scholastic life, right? The time that we're studying, we're currently grad students, that we have, we must have our own goals that we want to accomplish before we graduate. Well, is that a bucket list item or is it just a goal? Mm, I feel like when there is a big transition that you can't go back from in this, in the general case, death, which is the ultimate bucket list. But I don't know. I think it's just a series of goals. So why can't we bring those to a more... immediate level why can't we have it like step like i want to do everyone has things they want to do before they get married or things they want to do before they graduate high school or things they want to do before you know they get they uh kick the bucket or have kids you know these are all things (laughs) which is why it's called a bucket list yeah (laughs) but yeah you can have bucket lists that that end before they have a expiration date before death so it's not the strict definition of bucket list but uh yeah so jen what do you so what's the most extreme thing that you've done or do you think that you've done so far that was on your bucket list? The most extreme thing that I would say I've done is probably, so I, I can't, I don't know what the count is, but probably low 40s is the number of count countries that I've been in. Wow. And my goal was to hit, it's kind of a, a, it's a decadal, decadal, what do you call it, every 10 years? Oh, decadal. Uh, but every 10 years I was going to do 10 more countries. So by the time I was 30, I was going to do 30 countries. By the time I'm 70, I was going to do 70 countries. Cool. So that's kind of been my goal. So I've got, you know, eight years to, to figure out what I'm going to do in my 30s, but I've already surpassed 40 countries. So, so you're I, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go for hey, You can take it easy for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> you might slow down once you get to your 70s. So. I, I think that's you what know, I'm banking on. I, I disagree. I think that a lot of people, people tend to think that when you retire, that's it. Like your life is basically over, but you have like 40 good years in you left at that point for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, depends on your health status, mobility. but a lot of people have between 
between 15 and, and 40 years is a long time. And if you're healthy for, for a lot of it, because you tend to be relatively healthy until you're no longer healthy at all, you know, you can still do a lot of things. A lot of people reinvent themselves. They take on new forms of art. They, like, start, take on art, or they start teaching, or they go on trips. And generally, the big thing that stops them is, you know, retirement funding is not a lot. A lot of people are generally poor when they're, after they retire. But it, it is not the end. So you could definitely have a bucket list that extends into that time period. So I can see you traveling even then. Oh, yeah. Especially since you won't have a job because you'll be retired. <laughs> have you ever been skydiving? Skydiving? No. So I'm not, mm-hmm. um, I'm not an extreme sport. Like uh, in terms of extreme sports, I wouldn't say those are typically in my bucket list. Okay. Um, hang gliding, parasailing, that's, that stuff's oddly It's more about seeing different list. parts of the world for you. Seeing, cooking, meeting people. Uh, what part of cooking things. was in your bucket list? Um, so, no, so one of my things that I feel like I have to do in a new country is I want to take a cooking class in that country. Interesting. Or, a, you know, wine tasting, cheese tasting, something with food. I'm not, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. That was actually on my bucket list was to become an amazing, like, master pastry chef. There's still time. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, sure. that's, yeah, that's something that's on my bucket list is to learn how to bake properly. I, I want to know more of, like, the history of Jen. So what was on your bucket list when you were five years old? Um, did you have a bucket list when you were five years old? Did you have a old? bucket list? Or maybe let's let's push that up a little bit. Eight years old. Because okay. five-year-olds and five-year-olds tend to not be particularly That's discerning fair. about their future. <laughs> yeah, so I've been thinking about this lately. So I, I, so my father was in the military, so we moved a lot as, as a family. And I remember, you know, when you're playing with your sisters and your friends and, and whoever, you know, a lot of people play shop. So they set up their toys on a blanket, and you, like, sell and trade your toys. You know, it's probably a business at, at an early age. And... When I would hear that we're about to move to our next place, I would have my bags packed, like my little old backpack packed for weeks. From the day that I heard until the day we moved, I would have like a bag packed. I was just so ready to travel, even as a young kid. And so I, I think from that age, I just wanted to go and do something and be somewhere or help someone. I really, I don't know. Because my parents are not like that. My parents are very traditional. My mother grew up in Korea. My father grew up in Massachusetts. Um, yeah. I don't know what sparked it. That's no interesting. Idea. I, I think I've had the probably the opposite uh, situation, mostly because there's not a lot of traveling going on in uh, in Cuba. At least you're not planned for a lot of traveling in the short term. Um, when I was growing up, we had a board game. So there's a few things that inspired me when it came to the future. The first one was I got a, my parents got me a book of Indiana Jones about Egyptology, and that was like that was it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna be an Egyptologist. Done. <laughs> I got my future figured out. That was my big thing when I was like seven years old. This is like a shout out to a previous ep- episode where you talked all about Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> yeah, kind there's of. Some, yeah. There's it's some easy to talk about. obsession here really. with Indiana Jones. No, that's interesting because I, I like it. My, my eight-year-old job, so my, for Christmas, my grandpa had gotten me, I think it was like a concrete brick. When you like pick, construction materials. Yeah, when you when you picked at it and you put water and like your little tools, like rocks would pop up and you could pick your rocks out. So it was like an archaeological dig for oh, know, cool. safe, clean, mom-approved setting. And I was like, oh, I want to, I want to dig holes when I grow up. I guess I want to like dig out bones and like pottery and I. But then you realize how much work being an archaeologist is, and and I'm, I was more of an indoor kid, so. Yeah, this it's is very archaeology, not really an <laughs> indoor activity. This is very funny because I studied archaeology. That was my college degree. Oh, really? Yeah. Ancient art. Anyway, I became really obsessed with 
uh, Indiana Jones as well at a young age because I thought I was going to be Indiana Jones. Well, were you obsessed so. with Indiana Jones or were you obsessed with Harrison Ford? Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, yeah. I never, I didn't really watch Star Wars when I was a kid. Oh. I didn't really care for it. I mean, then later on I saw it. But, like, that, did you, but you've seen it. I've seen it. It was, it was all right. Put that back on your bucket list. That goes back into your bucket list. You need to, you need to <laughs> I need to be Harrison Ford is what you're saying. <laughs> we should all put something in everybody else's bucket list. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, right? cool. oh let's do that. that. I feel like this has the, the problem of going terribly wrong. <laughs> I think it should be something that's on your bucket list and you're transferring to someone else. Like they do it for you, a vicarious bucket list? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just, you're just you can tell someone to become Trading. president. But yeah. if it's more of something I personally find, this is something I would enrich my life, I want you to have it. Oh, that's good. We should put a timeline. Like in 10 years, when you guys are, you know, PFLs like exploded across the nation, we can come <laughs> back and follow up on this episode and say, did you actually do yeah. what the three of us told you to do? Well, the four of us. <laughs> well, three of us tells one person. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Good math. Yeah. <laughs> hey. It was Egyptology, not mathematician. Maybe I'll put on, yeah, math I can start. Okay, right. All right. I want Stephanie to patent something. Oh, no. That's oh, so that's hard. That's a good idea. That's a really Go good ahead. idea. Hmm. Hmm. Should, are we going like in a circle? You. Going circle. It's on you. It's going oh, I have so many things I could put on Luis's bucket list. Oh, I know. I know. I want you to dye one. your hair blue at some point in your life. Because you want to? All of my hair, yeah, because I want, I want to do that. All of my hair, or just part of my hair, like would it be like, like a line, a streak of blue, basically the whole head of hair, smirk, man. Oh, maybe a streak, because I'm kind of, uh, I'm thinking my own bucket list. I don't know if I, I don't know if the whole head is on my bucket list. Maybe just a strand. (laughs) I get one. I get like a a sharpie and just mark one hair. (laughs) (laughs) Just one strand. Wait, can I put something in his bucket list too? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think you should go to like an ashram. Well, you have to do like 30 days of no talking. Oh, that's no. going to be hard. Imagine if you channeled that energy into like something else. Like what would you create? That would be amazing. A podcast. <laughs> a, a silent podcast? No. I, I've yeah, channeled, channeled my talking energy into, into the podcast. I can, oh, then Jen, you can make a video game. A video game? <laughs> a video game? Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I played a lot of video games as a kid. Yeah. Growing up in Korea, I did grow up in arcades. I don't know how to create a video game. You're going to have to learn a little bit of programming. You will disappointed, but okay. Well, you know what? I will settle for a board game, which is much simpler to make. Ooh, I've done those. I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah, make a board game. (laughs) All right. I I need to play it at some point. (laughs) Because you can't just like make it like keep it in a shelf somewhere. I mean, we need to play it as a 10-year anniversary. We'll play Jen's board game. Yep. The board game or the app or whatever it's expanded to. What should we yeah. do? Okay. Hmm. I've done well, it all, so it doesn't matter. You've done, you've it, done all. it all. You even made a video game. I have. It was terrible, and I was the only one that played it. <laughs> That's most video games. Mm-hmm. I want you, you to become a CEO of, of an exceedingly successful business. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Ray, Ray, here's my goal for you. I want you to get take one project... And do no other projects for a six-month period. Six Whoa. months? Just focus for six months one. on that one project, all of your resources on it. Well, I mean, I did my MBA. That took, like, almost two years. Mm, and you're also doing a podcast on the side while doing the MBA. So. Too many projects. Oh, you're saying only focus on one. one? One. Wait, so the bucket list is to just get one thing accomplished in six months? In six Within for, a six-month period, because I know Ray. That's so difficult. <laughs> I can't even, like... Yeah. Is that even your physically bucket, possible? No, see, your bucket list is not what to do. It's like what not to do. 
It's like, how do I cut the fat and do yeah, which is which is like a reverse bucket list. Yeah. Uh, stuff out of his what, list. what would be a, a bucket puddle? What would be a reverse of a bucket? Yeah. Water just standing there, or no water flowing? List. Right, it's a puddle because list. It would be flowing water because yeah. a bucket keeps it still. Right, yeah, there you so go. it's like a, leak. a river. Yeah. <laughs> so leak here's list. here's my next question. Okay, and, and Jen can can think about this. Have you ever had a non-bucket list where you say, I'm going to try not to do something my whole life? Like, for example, my non-bucket list is like, I will never be in jail before I die. Avoid jail. If you, after you die, you can go to jail. It's totally fine. After, de- after death, I, it would be very interesting to try. <laughs> That's, um... That's funny. Actually, I was, I was just thinking about that. There's this book that I read a couple of years ago. I think it's called, like, How, how Stuff Works or something. Basically, how we, we keep buying stuff. Yeah. And we buy... Um, a new VCR, not because our old VCR was broken, but because the new one was better and faster. Yeah. Or buy new TVs, new computers, whatever. We don't actually drive anything into the ground anymore. And so after I read that book a couple years ago, I said every piece of technology that I have bought and will buy, even even my car, I will not replace it just because something's better or faster. I will wait until the technology is completely dead. And this yeah. morning my blender died. My blender just like exploded in the kitchen. I could, you know, that <laughs> smell of electricity or yeah. you know, something. So my, I had to get a new blender now. But that was my thing is to not... Well, you better get a bad, great blender because you're committing to that thing for a while. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, technically, she just needs to commit to it till it dies. So, well, but she can cause so get a death. So get a cheap one. No, no, no. What you do is you, you take those bricks that you got as a kid and you put them in the blender when you want to upgrade. <laughs> the rocks. That's the new form of archaeology. Yeah. We're doing it faster. We destroy a lot of the, the, yeah. the artifacts. And then you can try to figure out what it was afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I have this iPod Nano. I mean, when was the last time you guys seen an iPod Nano? I have it. I've had it for nano? six or Nano Nano, okay. six or seven uh, years. Yeah, it's, and it's it's about to die now. Now the nothing works now. Yeah, like, I I actually kind of do that. I don't tend to. I don't like buying things for the sake of having the latest thing. I will buy them if my, for example, if my phone breaks, then I get a new phone. Yeah. If my, you know, if a part of my computer's dying, then I'll get a new part. But like generally, I don't buy things unless it's like. This is something I feel like I need going forwards because of X requirements. Generally, I don't like to just throw money at uh, at things just because mm. it's there. Can I just point out, Stephanie has given me a great idea of adding a post-bucket list, which would be things I want to happen after I've already died that involve me. And it would be, I want, I want to go to jail after I've died. <laughs> That's morbid, Luis. That is very morbid. I mean, wouldn't you rather just go to jail for like a couple weeks? No, I'd rather not be in jail, just in general. No, I'd like to avoid it. That's all that would also be in my. I'm okay not trying it. Yeah. So on that note, I think uh, we could come back to this idea of the unbucket list after our commercials. We'll break right there, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Coming this fall to a store near you, the fine people at Kumquat Inc. have brought the new version of the Guilterizer, version 2.0. Comes with inbuilt judgment features, which allow for the guilterizer to actually tell you how guilty you should feel about your current behavior. With lines such as, You should feel really guilty about eating that chocolate. You should return it to the store without a refund. You should apologize to your children and your wife, and then you should go rock climbing. You will have nowhere to outrun the guilt. The guilt will follow you to the end of your days. So buy the guilterizer, bringing guilt back to your guilty pleasures.
Welcome back to PFL Podcast with our guest, Jen Gates. During the commercial, we were talking about bucket lists and unbucket lists. And we thought, what should be on the unbucket list but isn't? What are your guilty pleasures? Thoughts? Well, first of all, can you define guilty pleasures for me? Because I don't understand. I, I'm not sure if they should be on, a, on an unbucket list as well. I, I, guilty pleasures, uh, right, are. Things that you enjoy, but you feel bad about the fact that you enjoy them because you know that they are inherently bad in some way. So, for example, if you love Twilight, but you know <laughs> Twilight is a terrible film, then that would be your guilty pleasure. That, that being example. said, no judgment of people who legitimately enjoy Twilight. That's your life. I personally would, if I did enjoy it, I would find it a guilty pleasure. So, like, vices, basically. Like, gambling no, or, like, drinking alcohol. No, or... because... Stuff that you like that's not critically acclaimed. Yeah. It's it's not like legitimate things that are killing people. It's like things that people on the whole think are not great. Um, a waste of time. Yeah. On the whole? I mean, like eating chocolate? Is yeah. that a Yeah, that could pleasure? be a guilty pleasure if you eat a... But why is it... Some studies show that chocolate is good for you, so why should I be guilty at all? Well, well the, then it's not your guilty pleasure. The part I just of the guilt- have trouble finding anything so that I feel find pleasure with, and I feel guilty at the same time. Then I wouldn't feel pleasure. Mm. So I work out a lot, but there are times where I feel like I have to go to the gym, but I will sit on a bike and just watch TV, and I won't even work out. It's a huge waste of time, but it makes me so happy that I went to the gym, even though I didn't work out. Huh. <laughs> it's... it's it makes no sense. There's no logic to it. It's, yeah. but it makes me happy. Guilty pleasures are not logical. <laughs> there are things that you personally or feel guilty about. Okay. Because you know that you shouldn't enjoy right. this. And you know, and that knowledge may not necessarily be based on fact. It's just you personally have an opinion that you shouldn't be enjoying this, but you do. Yeah. So, I mean, people enjoy vices because they're vices. That's the whole point. You're supposed to enjoy them. But uh, things that are supposed to be not enjoyable, at least in your opinion... And then you enjoy them. That's a guilty pleasure. So, okay. again, this comes back. So, if, if it was chocolate, it would have to be like if you were enjoying just sitting at, at your at home and watching... Bachelorette. Bachelorette while eating, mm. you know, a ton of chocolate. Like yeah. a legitimate actual ton of chocolate. Then that could be a guilty <laughs> 2, pleasure. 2,000 pounds of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it would be guilty and also would get you past your bucket list pretty quickly. It'd be You wouldn't have much else to do afterwards. <laughs> Go straight to the unbucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have so another guilty pleasure of mine, and I think I think this is like a thing with a lot of females in general. Is I never watch the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime Channel except at Christmas, and then I can't stop watching campy, terrible, romantic, cheesy movies. And on my bucket list is actually I watch these things, and I'm like, I can write the script to this because it's the same story arc, the same type of. Character. Oh yeah, just so far, bro. That's on my bucket list yeah. is to create this guilty pleasure flick. To create guilty ooh, pleasures ooh, for can other we worship yes. it? Can we worship it right now? I want to worship <laughs> this right now. Right. <laughs> okay. So, all right. First of all, setting. Where is it? Oh, that's tricky. So it's always in a in a warm setting like Florida or, or it's Arizona. Like a New England setting. Oh. Where there's a lot of snow. Yes. I, I think New England New England works as well. I think a lot of our listeners are tend to be in New England. In the New England yeah. area. So, so I, think, and, I think. And in the mountain regions of uh, the West. Like Colorado. Yeah. 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 So, let's go with a this New England setting. This is very Gilmore Girls yeah. right now. Very, very uh, <laughs> I love traditional Girls. American setting. Like, like generally, like, rural towns. Not in a, like, a city, Harvard, right? Harvard, Massachusetts? You know, it's a small town. The parades oh, are I've always... Oh, I've been there. Of... I like that town. Yeah, Done. I, I setting like established. Okay. okay, who's our protagonist? 
Um, oh, it's always like a type A female who doesn't understand love and... She's currently pregnant as well. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't understand love, but she's pregnant. Oh, well, I mean, you can't be pregnant without right. love. It's, it's, unless she's, unless she's a widow, then like Lifetime would say, okay, that's okay then. Oh, it, has hey. to be, it has to be super clean. Yeah. And more tr- traditional. Or, she is a... Surrogate? Yes, that's where I was going. She is professionally she, pregnant. She's right. professionally pregnant. And she's pregnant. contemplating okay. the like her own life and her own. Yeah, like, she's thinking about whether she wants kids of her own. Mm-hmm. She's carrying mm-hmm. someone else's children. She's actually thinking what about, about taking the baby that's not hers and running away with it. Because it reminds her of the baby she once lost. Wait, she lost Ooh, a baby? drama. Yes. No, 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 no. This is a Lifetime proper movie. This oh, is you're a right, regular you're right. Lifetime too, movie. Too, yeah. I'm talking about Lifetime holiday, not like I killed my neighbor and I want his baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Lifetime movie. That's where you guys are going. Guilty pleasures, you're right, you're you know. Right, okay, right. so that's so snowy pleasure. Harvard Mass, and there's a girl who has never gotten out of her small town, but there's a guy who moves in, and he's from New York City. and City boy, and huh? Go, and he's a city boy. And he's a photographer, and she's like, "Wow, you're you're so adventurous, and I'm just this small town girl." Right. But it so happens that she had just started taking a photography class in high school, and so she's, she's in high like, school. Yeah, she's. In and high then school. she photographs Santa. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> yeah, it's a holiday movie. You gotta work Santa. You gotta work Santa. Either that or he's Santa's son. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty common. He's Santa's son. I married Santa's son. You know, something like that. That could be the... But you're saying th- this is not that hard of a, of a concept. It's like the it's, same yeah. concepts in different forms. Yeah. That's why it's on my bucket list, because I, I think I could do it, too. You absolutely can. You we, wanna, we just you didn't have the work. You want to direct one? No, well, I could direct or... If she wants to write I, it. I, I would say yeah. script it. Yeah. Script it? Well, if you're looking for an actor. Because then I can just say, oh, do you want to be the guy? I would love do you want to be the lead? I could be a leader oh, or a side guy. You can be Santa's son. You look like son. a photographer who could be Santa's son. <laughs> Santa's son. You need a little more punch, though, you. I don't think punch. so. I need You're to put on some weight. You're the next master elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some extra elf. Wait, is Santa an elf? Did we yeah, he's like the supreme elf, isn't no, he? No, he's not elf kind. No, he is an elf. See, I feel he's similar but separate. Was, wasn't he adopted by elves? <laughs> Santa? Yeah. Oh, Santa. Like... I think the original Santa's Turkish, no? St. Nicholas, yeah. yeah. It's a story originates from Turkey. That's true. It's actually an interesting story. He kind of um, takes the money from the rich and gives it to prostitutes so they don't have to sell themselves, something like that. Oh, I don't think that's the story. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> that is not a lifetime story. <laughs> oh, and it's not the story that we should pursue, but that's like guys, one Guys, you guys story. just gave me that's a perfect a idea. idea. Pretty woman, but with Santa. Right. Done. Santa's, which one's Santa? The guy Richard that's, Gere? Yeah, Richard Gere. It's Santa. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, Santa, that's the real Santa, but we're looking for Richard Gere's son, right? No, Richard Gere is Santa's son. I'm really Santa's confused Santa's really now. old now. <laughs> Still does not sound very Lifetime to me. It sounds like sci-fi. I, I don't know if you realize sci-fi. this. I don't know if you realize this. I despise holiday movies. <laughs> I really what? do not like them. Why? Not what? even Home Alone, the classic? Because, well, I mean, like, if they're not super, like... If they're not telling me the same message over and over and over and over and over again, that's fine. Like, people who want to watch Die Hard in the Holidays, totally cool with that. If you want to watch, like, uh, you know, Kiss Safe Santa 5 or whatever, you know. What? There's all these holiday movies and it's all, you know, Grandma Got Run by a Reindeer and Santa. And it's all about the spirit of Christmas and how joyful the season is. And, oh, there's wonderful stuff. And it's all great. But I've seen it. 
I've seen it before, and I got bored. I got bored easily. No, it sounds like you have a guilty pleasure lying underneath all that. He might be watching, like, a holiday this movie your, somewhere. Yeah, this is your guilty pleasure. You just don't know it. Complaining about holiday movies is my guilty pleasure? No, actually watching it, because you know they're yeah. bad. You know they're awful. No, I watched them when I was a kid, because I just got into this country, and I didn't know any better. Hmm. The people who have guilty pleasures often complain about those things that they have guilty pleasures for. It's like C.S. Lewis said, um, you always hate in other people what you have, the problem you have yourself. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Which kind of goes to like, so a guilty pleasure, can it be shared? Do you have a guilty pleasure you share with someone else? Or do you have that guilty pleasure? Like, I always use... Watching The Bachelorette is a guilty pleasure because I think The Bachelorette is like the worst franchise. That of is time. an ultimate, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, would somebody who's watching The Bachelorette and knowing it's like horrible, would they actually go and do it with someone else then? Well, I think you're not <gasps> to, sharing. Is that to make yourself feel better for doing it? So you're Ooh. less guilty. So it takes off the burden of guilt and dist- distributes it among the two people or the group that you're with. But. Is it is it sharing a guilty pleasure if the other party is doesn't feel guilty about it? If the other party is an unabashed bachelorette, just fanatic, and you go to like hang out with them, yeah, you probably don't feel as guilty. But then it no longer is a guilty pleasure because it's just the norm. It's the norm, yeah. Mm. So then I feel like guilty I think pleasures, you can still have it be your guilty pleasure. If you still feel if you still feel inadequate based on your own viewing habits, then yeah, sure, it's still a guilty pleasure. But you're not sharing it then. You're just Sharing uh, behavior, but not the guilty pleasure of it. Right. Can you share an actual guilty pleasure? The guilt of the guilty pleasure. I would say if you introduce someone to something that they didn't know they felt guilty about, then you're sharing it. Like you introduce guilt into their lives? Yeah. Like, here's this horrible thing I'm watching. People should never watch this. I'm going to do it Friday night. Join me. (laughs) Terrible person to do that. (laughs) Well, but, but if they legitimately enjoy it afterwards, thus the pleasure part, is it that bad? I mean, are guilty pleasures inherently a negative thing in your life? I, I would say no. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they're yeah. a positive thing. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. they're not either. They're they're neither. They're they're kind of cancel each other out because on the one hand, they're introducing an element of guilt that you don't need and is kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Because, I, yeah. Maybe watching the Bachelorette is not the best way to spend your time, but it's not necessarily any inherently better than watching another mindless show. Mm-hmm. Right. So I actually think that guilty pleasures are a bad thing. Because if you're feeling guilt about something, then your gut is telling you something's wrong here. But maybe the problem is that we feel guilty about some things we shouldn't feel guilty about, yeah. like relaxing or enjoying life, Ooh. and not just like working ourselves to the bone. That's that's not a guilty pleasure. But when I'm like not doing something, yeah, I feel guilty, and it's not pleasurable. So what is that? <laughs> that's just pure guilt. That's just guilt. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, no, I, I agree in that not all guilty pleasures are necessarily good in some way or another. They don't necessarily bring a benefit to you. They might be inherently bad things. But I think that's where the line is, right? It's Is it guilty against, against your own best uh, interest? Or is it guilty just because you think it's perceived as a bad thing? Right. Because like, I is think it actually that... harmful? So it comes way. back to the social perception yeah. of things and how people, other people think about it. So is a guilty pleasure not real guilt? But I would argue social. I would argue though, if you're feeling guilty about something, even if it's not, you don't have a reason to feel guilty about it. The guilt is still there. Thus, it brings a negative element to your life, regardless of whether there is a reason for the guilt. 
most of those emotions are not logical things. People don't logically work their way through a lot of their emotions. You don't logic your way through love and or hatred a lot of the time. These are things that are gut reactions. And if your gut reaction is, I feel guilty about this, I shouldn't be enjoying this, but I do enjoy it. One, you're not logicking your way through the enjoyment and you're not logicking your way through the guilt. So I think I think you're digesting guilty pleasures like way more than I would. I, I don't feel guilty. Yeah. You know, I'm not like a serial killer where I go kill people and then I feel bad about it. It's like, I just, it's just not something that I should be doing, but so I do it anyway. So you feel good about your people you kill, and you're fine with that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't, it's like not on that level. It's more like, uh, I should bake this thing of brownies, but what I really like to do is just scoop the powder up and eat it. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's really unhealthy, but I do it anyways. Yeah. But I don't feel guilty or shameful it's just not that's what true. i should be doing that's not that's very true. healthy so it's a misnomer there's not really guilt involved in yeah. guilty pleasures not well, anymore i think not anymore I, I think it also is kind of cool to have like to have guilty pleasures like people share those a lot hmm. they and it's like a look how human i am i have guilty <laughs> pleasures and then people are like commiserate about their own guilty pleasures that they are also human look we both have similarities in this sense or this is really funny touched. this is really funny because ray was just saying how one of one thing on his bucket list is to become a bot what was it or not become a bot what were we talking about before we stopped before no we no recorded? you were saying like because you had to blow your nose and you had to make sure you had a tissue while we were podcasting so you know you were just preparing for your those kind of uh respiratory physical needs <laughs> and and i said you know eventually or something we said you know it's on our bucket list to get rid of those physical needs and become a bot and a and a cyborg. But it was just a joke. I didn't really think that. So it's not on your bucket list? To become a I mean, cyborg? I mean, it would be kind of cool. I wouldn't mind Part having, cyborg. like, this is super the human... Well, I mean, what's your, what's your threshold for becoming a cyborg? Because just getting, like, a pacemaker technically kind of makes you a cyborg. I think extending <laughs> life, eliminating pain, and increasing strength and stamina would be... All three at the same time, or yeah, just all pieces four. of them? All four, sorry. I don't think that becoming a cyborg can be on a bucket list, because it goes past death. Not necessarily. You can still die as a cyborg. Oh. You can? Yeah, yeah. Of course you can. That's, you're not, you're it's not. It's not 100% okay. cyborg. You can yeah. put it on the bucket list. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you an android <laughs> wouldn't have a bucket list, or if you managed to somehow upload your mind to something, well, then your physical body would still die. So it would be two different halves of you would have bucket lists, right? There'll be the physical side of you, which has a brain that will eventually decay, and then that will have a bucket list, and then your virtual self will hold, will have a bucket list for the eventual end times when the mainframe it's currently stored on will collect or crash, and then you'll die. And, so, and they're working on technology like that. Elon Musk is talking about his new company, Neuralink. What do you think about that, Jen? Would you ever... Would that be on your bucket list to you upload know, yourself? Oh, I don't know. This whole, like, move to prevent aging or to fight the fact that, you know, we're all inevitably going to get old. I think it just depends on the society you come from. You know, in Korean society, it's very venerable society where growing older only makes you more sort of sought after. And I feel like in America, it's the complete opposite. It's the flip where we value youth. And when you're no longer relevant, then you're just in this tin can now. But is that the argument people are making? Because I don't feel that that's what people are actually worried about. I think the main issue here is one of we want to avoid pain and suffering in our lives because we're human and that's kind of our whole thing. We want to make our lives easier. And if you can remain as healthy as you are when you were 25, mm -hmm. when you were 87, why wouldn't you? You don't have to necessarily 
look aesthetically the same and you can age with grace and you can retire or do whatever other things. Although you probably wouldn't be retiring at that point because the rules for retirement would be different. But, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, no, no one's saying you should continue to discard the elderly, but why would you take on well, I think, I mean, I also don't want to be a vampire, right? I don't want to live forever. I think at some point True. you want to move on. But uh, a lack of biological aging doesn't mean immortality, right? You will eventually still die. It's just it wouldn't you wouldn't die from quote unquote old age, disease, crime, you know, accidents, buses. Yeah, falling in a hole. Would yeah, but kill, vampires you know. also die like that too. They don't die really of don't. old age. They die because someone's like stabs. It's because you started bullet. with Twilight. Now all yeah. I'm thinking about is vampires. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know how these conversations always come back to this. To <laughs> <Do> Twilight? <laughs> Do they all know? No, they don't. So you don't even need to become a cyborg to like increase your life. People are already injecting stem cells into their systems. And yeah. this help. Not in America, apparently, but in like Mexico, you can go to Tijuana and get yeah. that done. It's a common procedure. Not common. Well, I mean, you're still not going to... It's not, not really going to expand your lifespan significantly. Well, it improves yet. your physical ability. Maybe short term. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Dangerous. I haven't read about this. I, yeah. So like I was I, listening to a podcast with uh, the Joe Rogan experience. He was interviewing Dan Bilzerian. He's that dude who has lots of guilty pleasures, pretty much accomplished a lot in his bucket list. He's the really jacked guy. He was a professional poker player. He's super rich. He has pictures with like naked girls what, all what? the time on Instagram. He's pretty famous. Pe- people know about him, I think. So uh, the idea is he's done this like stem cell therapies and really helps a lot. I, I'm curious as to why, I mean, I don't know anything about this. Uh, Dan Bilzerian. Dan Bilzerian. I, I don't know much about him, but I'm, I'm curious as to why he's an authority on this sub- subject matter, when yeah. your description of him has all been about <laughs> completely extraneous things. I didn't say... Like, he spent time with models and was a poker player, and I'm like, well, what does it have to do with him being an authority on aging? <laughs> he's become like a social media figure. I didn't okay. say he was an expert on stem cells at all. He's definitely not an expert, but he's gone through the procedures. I, I would I would advise any listener to wait for science to have a say on it before we... Uh, well, it is science, It's not like if you're in Mexico, it's not science. It's still science there. Yeah, What's your point? Science doesn't, but if it's unproven, doesn't necessarily... It's very it. proven. Okay. It's just well, we'll illegal. Have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to do some research into this okay. before I get a bit further into the topic. This will be a conversation for another time. Fair so enough. pivot on this topic. My concern of becoming ageless or like living forever is that we might not have bucket lists. Like the idea of a bucket list emerges because we know we're going to die and we want to do something before then. And so we feel this urgency to live our lives. So do we have a problem living a fulfilled life? Is death kind of a, a good way to give us urgency to fill and our Yes, I, I know what you mean. It's the immortal versus human. Like a lot of literature they have, you know, the immortals tend to look up to humans because humans try to do a lot with their limited time, while because they live forever, they don't really feel any particular rush to do things. Now, that is absolutely an interesting point, but I don't think that this is an issue that we'll ever actually really encounter. While I am pro-moving or moving towards defeating aging as a concept, mm-hmm. I don't think that we will ever reach true immortality because in one way or another, we will die. And... So I don't think that's much of a concern. Will it have consequences on society should we, for example, eliminate aging? And I don't mean eliminate the age, eliminate aging. Of course, 
that would absolutely have consequences society because we have to completely rework the way we think about work and education, so many facets of our life. But everything we as humans have done technologically has in some way needed a cultural re-examination. The way that we have gone from living in hunter-gatherer societies to now, we would be unrecognizable to those people. And the fact that we live way longer now as well is part of that. So I don't think that the idea that this idea is necessarily something we need to shy away from, but it is something we definitely need to discuss because with any major changes in technology, there should be an equivalent change in culture. Um, so I have a question. So do you think that you do anything today in 2017 that when you die will become a guilty pleasure for like the next generation or the generation oh, after? Maybe a social norm now, but in subsequent generations? Yeah. It might be it, the idea of like having to be home to watch that television show because now television is moving to more of an on-demand sort of experience where you fit it in. Back in my day, you know, the olden days, I had a friend who said she wasn't going to the prom because she had to be home to watch 90210. Oh my gosh. Kids now don't think about that because they can watch it on demand anytime they want. In the future, I just feel like you won't have to spend any time. It'll just be uploaded into your brain. You'll have the memories of watching it without having to watch it. But anyways, that's a different topic. Oh, wow. Okay. There's, so, there's a lot there's a lot of futurism that's coming to this bucket list talk and that that is itself an interesting avenue of a conversation that we should explore uh, moving forwards and I just want to take a moment to thank Jen, thank you, Jen. for coming on the yeah, podcast it's, so cool. it's been, it. it's it's been a blast <laughs> and as always stay crazy